All right, here we go once again at the Digital Cathedral Sunday morning. Man, it's good to be with you guys. Uh, I sense, I sense such a spiritual connection with y'all. I feel like I'm part of a big community around the world, and I hope you feel that way too, because God's connecting us uh, all over the United States, in fact, around the world. And even if you're not watching this on, on a Sunday morning, you know, you're part of what, what God is doing as, as a community of people. It's amazing how God has taken us, at least taken me, out of a brick-and-mortar building, being a pastor for years and years and decades and decades, you know, a half century of service. And I feel now in doing what I'm doing, I feel at times a lot more connection and rapport with those of you that we communicate during the week, you send me messages and you listen and you comment on Wednesday night, we're tied up together. But there's, there's a spiritual unity that I'm feeling that a lot of times I didn't sense in the brick and mortar building. People would come, people would go. Um, and, and relationship is, is pretty superficial, at least in big, big cities. Maybe it's different in a small town. I'm, it's been years and years since I pastored in a small town. First church I pastored was a little town up in Wisconsin. And that was kind of a, a close-knit community. It was only a town of about 3,500, so everybody knew everything about everybody. But when you come into a big city like Houston, it's, a, it's an entirely different ball game. And that's where I've spent, you know, 40 years or so, almost 40 years of my ministry and life was in the city of Houston. So anyway, I hope you feel a connection. Hope you feel part of what God is doing. That's the big picture. That's what I want to feel part of. I want to connect with people that have a vision for what God is doing in the earth today and are willing to say, I want to be part of it. I want to get in the flow. I want to get in the river, man. I want to get, I want to get immersed in all of this. So this morning, I want to talk to you about being divinely wired for success. I did a Facebook post a couple of weeks ago, and I, I said that God has wired you spiritually for success, but you had been programmed in your soul for failure. So I want to I I uh, delve into that today and talk about why and how he has wired us for success. So I hope this, this will take you up a notch. Why don't you go with me to Luke chapter 17. And while you're turning over there, let me just say again, the Father wired your spirit for success so that everything, what the Father wired you for, and when we come into the fullness of the kingdom, you find that he has actually enabled you, he's hardwired you to be a success in everything that you put your hand to. Make no mistake about it, God doesn't create junk. God doesn't create secondhand things. What God creates is perfection. Now the problem is your soul has been programmed by a system that has infiltrated your thinking since, since birth and it's a system quite frankly that fails. The soul since the time you were little was programmed by your five physical senses. This is how you were raised. Your mom and daddy, your granddaddy, your aunts and your uncles taught you to tune into and be perceptive to what you saw, what you felt, what you heard, what you perceived going on around you. And then based on that, you would make a decision on what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is evil, what is up, what is down. And that's not the way the kingdom works. So the path out of that soul failure into spirit success is the unveiling of your authentic identity. 
<clears throat> and in coming to an understanding of who you have always been, didn't understand it, didn't know it, was veiled from you. And in the 17th chapter of, of Luke, the Pharisees come to Jesus and they want to know how, what's the secret sauce? What's, what's the formula for life? And they come to Jesus in the 20th verse and they ask Jesus saying, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. So that, that throws a wrench in the whole machine right there because they were looking for a visible kingdom. They were looking for God to come and side with them against the Roman oppressors that were keeping them under their thumb right then, under great oppression. They were looking for God to come and to rise up within his people in power like he did, you know, delivering the children, children of Israel out of Egypt and smite down these terrible Romans and make his kingdom manifest. So Jesus said, look, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Now he's talking to Pharisees here. He says, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Now, let me bring this down into today's life. If you're going to accept or come to recognize your authentic identity, which, by the way, your authentic identity is divinity. There's no getting around that. You were created in the image and the likeness of God. You are a, you are a God being on the earth. You, in a very real sense, and maybe we'll get into this one day, just as much as Jesus, you are the Word that was made flesh. Huh? It wasn't the Word of God that said, let us make man in our image. And when he spoke, man was made in the image. He put a little bit of dirt and mud around the image. But the image and the likeness were internal. That was authentic identity right there. So your, your divinity means that you're also going to undergo this major paradigm shift in your life. We're, we're, we're working hard at getting you out of soul failure. If you, if you follow me the last several weeks, you know we've been talking about all the stuff, the ties, the bonds, the cords that the soul has to us that we have to sever. So let me take you another, down another step this morning. When you get those severed out, when you get those things cut off, you're now able to see, you should be able to see spirit by spirit because those things have, were blinding you. You couldn't see by spirit. But now there has to undergo a major paradigm shift as you begin to embrace your, your divinity, your identity, your authentic identity, you have to begin to embrace this mystery because the kingdom is within you, Jesus said. It's not a visible kingdom. It doesn't come with observation. It's within. So now we're going to have to embrace the mystery of invisibility. This is the tough one. This is hard. Since the garden and the self-imposed sense of separation from our source, and that source breathed, it, breathed into us his divine DNA. You have the divine DNA in God. You, you were made to live in this invisible kingdom. But we have been psyched out of it. We've been programmed out of it. It hasn't even been a consideration for most of us. 
And so since that time that man put a self-imposed separation on himself, he has looked for every conceivable idea and rabbit hole that he could go down to try to understand the mystery of life that would bring success, that would bring security, that would bring happiness. And so that's what the Jews, that's what the Pharisees were coming to Jesus about. Jesus, we want the recipe. We want the kingdom to manifest <clears throat> that we can be successful, uh, feel some security, and have happiness. That's what they were pushing for. So Jesus gives us that secret recipe. He says, guys, you're looking for a visible kingdom to, to produce and empower you that you might be free from oppression. But I'm telling you, the freedom from oppression is going to come from a kingdom, true, but the kingdom that you're looking for is not visible. It's within you. Jesus tells them that what they were looking for, they could, it couldn't be found the way that they were looking for it. He says it's closer than that. He said, actually, the kingdom that you're looking for, fellas, is within you. It was within them. It, they already had it. Now, this is going to put some of your theology on tilt. Jesus was speaking to Pharisees here. He was not speaking to Bible-toting, devil-hating, tongue-talking followers. <laughs> Can you all smile? It's good. Are you still good with me? All right. He was talking to Pharisees. They were the religious, self-righteous hypocrites. But Jesus told them, the kingdom is within you. But you don't recognize it. You haven't awakened to it. But if you would, you wouldn't be that self-righteous, hypocritical Pharisee. And that's the way it is in the church world today. They're still looking for the kingdom. And Jesus is coming today to the, to the evangelical Pharisees and he's saying the kingdom is within you guys. All of you, all you Pharisees, the kingdom is within you. They couldn't see it because it was invisible. So Jesus spends a lot of time teaching them how to draw out from that invisible kingdom that is within. So let's look at a couple of things today. Matthew chapter 13. Pulling out of this invisible kingdom that is within us. Matthew chapter 13, Jesus says in verse 10. The disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Now a parable, <clears throat> a parable is a very simple thing. A parable is a story from the natural that has spiritual implications. The beauty of a parable is that you can hear it on whatever level of spirituality or whatever level of consciousness that you live in. You can take it on a very surface level or you can take it down and you can unravel this as far as you want to go. That's the beauty of a parable. So they said, why do you, why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus then answered and said, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries or the, the secrets, the hidden, the hidden uh, truths of the kingdom. But to them it has not been given. They can't see on that level. But I'm spending time with you. I'm teaching you how to draw out of that kingdom that has been, because it's been given to you to see the kingdom, to understand it. And he goes on in verse 12 and says, For whosoever has to him will more be given. Whoever sees the kingdom at level one, the opportunity to see at, le at level two will be given. 
You see it at level 10. He says, I'm going to show you level 15. To him that has, more will be given. But the one who refuses to see level 1 won't see anything. And that's what Jesus was saying when he says, Whosoever has, more will be given to him more abundance, but whosoever does not have, even that which he has will be taken from him. So anything that you're perceiving, if you don't, if you don't go deeper with it, he says, you're going to lose what you have. And he said, that's the problem the Pharisees have. They don't see it at all. They're not willing to even acknowledge this invisible kingdom. They're not willing to hear the words that I say to them that the kingdom is within. Therefore, they, I'm taking their ability to see anything away. They can't understand anything. But you guys, he says, if you'll begin to see what I'm telling you, then you'll be able to see even more. So he's giving them some secrets about how to draw out of this invisible kingdom. It, has come, it comes by continually going deeper in your understanding of what the kingdom is. That's what we do with the digital cathedral. We spend all our time going deeper within the kingdom. That's the call we have as sons and daughters is to go in deep, as deep and as far as we can. And as, as we do, as we uncover the secrets of the kingdom, it should become plain to us that the blessing on God's sons and daughters should, should be beyond that of those that are still kingdom ignorant. Spirit, let me, say, let me just say it plainly. Kingdom living. Living in the kingdom should carry with it as much fame and fortune as living out of the realm of the soul should carry. The difference is this. In kingdom life, they are not the goal. The, 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 the prosperity, the success. It's not your goal. That's the added twos. Matthew 6, 33. See, first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added, right? The world spends all their time chasing the added. They only, they only know to chase the supply. You and I are tapped into the source. Seek first the source, get connected to the source, and all the supply will be added. That's what he's getting at. So you and I should have more source available to us than the world has because we're tapped into the source to get the supply. Where the world has no contact with the source, they're not willing to see it. Therefore, they're scratching like a chicken in a barnyard trying to get a little bit of supply. They're trying to acquire from the outside source, but they haven't gone, there's no contact with the kingdom that is within. And the, <clears throat> here's the problem. The external is always limited. The source that you get on the outside is always a limited supply. The internal kingdom is unlimited. That's the difference between material and spiritual kingdom. So let's go on a little bit. Let's look at some more that Jesus said. John chapter 4. John chapter 4 verse 13. <clears throat> John chapter 4 verse 13. We're talking about go, going deeper, pulling from within, drawing from without. So Jesus has this encounter with a woman at the well and Jesus tells her in verse 4, in verse 13, whosoever drinks of this water will thirst again. All right, lady, the water that you got is, is a sore, is a supply, but it's not, it's not going to satisfy your thirst forever. You're going to need more. And at some point, this well is going to go dry. You're going to run out. But he says in verse, in verse 14, but whosoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst. He's tapped the source. Do you see that? 
He's tapped the source. The source is within. So Jesus is saying we got to learn to put the focus on the inside, knowing that the water that will enable us to never thirst again, the source is within us. I'm going to carry this on in just, just a minute, but just bear with me. Whosoever drinks the water that will never thirst, but I, he will have, or he will become, it will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. So he's giving them some understanding about how to tap in. Right? The secret of the kingdom, the secret of pulling that water up and being able to drink from it at any time, this, the secret recipe that Jesus could not get the Pharisees to understand. The way you pull this up is by meditating on what Jesus said. Let his words take root deeply within you. And I'm not talking about the words in the Bible, although that's, that's good. Let those go deep too. But I'm, I'm talking about the words that he speaks to you that draws you into an encounter or an experience. Let those words go deep. Meditate on them. Think on them. That's seeking first the kingdom of God. Seeking first the kingdom of God for you is to, is, is to, is to let what he tells you become your, your life source. And as you pull that life source up and you drink from that life source, you find that you're pulling up not, not a supply, you're pulling up a river that never goes dry. And as long as you remain in contact with that, as long as you remain in, in, in connection with that, there, there is no end to what you have. Now let me, let me just give you three illustrations real quick out of the scriptures. Let's go back to the very beginning, Adam and Eve. You know that they lived, they lived a spirit life. And when they lived only from the tree of life, when they, when they, when they walked with, with the creator in the cool of the evening, they were free from problems. They were, they were content with their source. The garden wasn't a supply. The garden was a total source. However, when they accepted a lie within that there were actually not one power, but two powers of good and evil, that placed them then looking at a source or a supply that was outside of themselves, outside of the garden. And so they begin to experience a life on the outside rather than the life that was on the inside. Can, can you see that? When, when you begin to look at two, right, wrong, good, evil, left, right, should do, shouldn't do, you're not, you're not pulling from the tree of life. The tree of life only knows one source and that is what he said. And what did he say? Don't eat from that tree. That's all they had to know. Don't eat from that tree. And that kept them connected to a source of unending supply. But when they had a better idea and began then to move outside of themselves, live from an outside source, the good and the evil, then, then they went to supply and not source. And so they had to till the ground and they had to fight uh, briars and weeds and all kinds of obstacles. You live from within by one power. The kingdom runs on one power, right? The downfall of man, the perceived separation, the perceived separation from source, explained by 
by consciously going outside and accepting a belief of, of two. The, 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 the change was within that expressed itself in action outside. And that's, that was the problem Adam and Eve connected to. They no longer lived from within, they lived from outside. The prodigal son, in Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. I'm using real, real familiar stories today because I want you to be able to see it easily. Luke chapter 15, verse 11, it says, And a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood. In other words, the kid got his inheritance. Not many days after that, the younger son gathered together everything that he had for the journey and went on a journey to a far country and there wasted his possession with, with prodigal living. But when he had spent all that there arose a severe, severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Verse 15 says, Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. That's what a Jewish boy does not want to do. That is the absolute bottom. Here's the point. The prodigal son made a conscious choice to cut himself from a single source, his father's house. And he decided to go on his own. He severed himself from a consciousness of his father's supply. He said, give me what belongs to me, which was a finite resource. And he went and he lived out of that finite resource and it supplied him for a while. But when he depleted the finite resource, the visible resource, when he depleted that, he had no way to reproduce it. No power to replenish it. So here's, here's the, what Jesus is trying to say. By his actions, he cut himself off from the Father's supply and he ended up in the pig pen. Jesus is telling us, look, draw from the kingdom that is within. Stay in contact with the Father's with the Father's resource and you never run out of supply. Begin to live by your own wits. And you will have a finite supply that when it runs out, then you've got to depend on your own ability to reproduce it and you don't have the power to do it. All right, let's look at, let's look at one more. Same, same lesson was taught in the story of the vine and the branches. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Jesus said this. John chapter 15 and verse 1. Let's read down through verse 6. Jesus said, I am the vine, the Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that is connected, that is, that, is, that is tied to me, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it might bear more fruit. You are already clean through the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I will abide in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself... Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. He's talking about, the whole thing he's talking about here is staying connected to source. The source is the kingdom within. And Jesus said as long as you stay connected within, 
You're good. But in verse 6, he said, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch. He's withered. They gather them. They throw them into the fire and they're burned. What is Jesus getting across? He says, when you're cut off from supply, he said, you wither and you stop producing. You can't produce outside connection. And the connection that you stay connected to is within you. It is not by your wits without. You can get, you can get, uh, you can get resource that way. You can get supply that way, but you'll never get resource. The, the resource that supplies comes from within. And that's what Jesus is getting at. So in all these illustrations, in these three quick illustrations, Adam, the prodigal, and the branch without the vine, they're all compelled to function on their own. And Jesus continually drives the point home that without being connected to the kingdom within, you, don't, you can't produce all that you should. Or you can get by. And some of us have proved that very well. We've just gotten by in life. We live check to check. We have no resource. What, what happened to our source? Well, you have pulled back from source and you're scratching for supply. You're trying to figure out where can I get supply? And he's saying if you would shut it down, you'd meditate. You'd begin to, when I, when I speak to you, you do it. That connects you to, to source. On the other hand, he says, if you stay connected to the vine, if the son maintain relationship with the father, if you remain in the garden of the kingdom, you're established in this one power. You're not now pulled in two directions trying to figure it out for yourself. See, we, 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 we're, we're to, we, we draw on an infinite storehouse of supply when we stay connected. What does that look like? What does connection look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like eternality. It looks like immortality. It looks like harmony. It looks like completeness. It looks like perfection. It looks like union. It looks like oneness. And it comes through meditation or keeping your mind on Him. I mean, honestly, last night I woke up and I was wrestling with some things in my mind. And I... I laid there for probably a couple of hours. I was sucked into it. Well, if this, then this. If this happens, oh my gosh, this. Oh, this situation, that might be. Oh, what, am I, what will I do here? How about that over there? Oh, I, what, if I, what if I end up at this place? You know, my mind was not stayed on him. He will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him. That's what scripture says. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. You know what? Because the mind will keep you connected to your source. But your mind wants to wander off and try to figure out how to get supply, which is, it, which is finite. It's limited. So it comes through meditation. It comes through pulling up. And allows us access to all that the Father has. Here's, here is the secret of Jesus. In John chapter 16, next chapter over, verse 15. Jesus said, all things that the Father has are mine. Now, when you, <clears throat> when you live in that confidence and that assurance, and let me tell you something, it comes by meditation. It comes by keep continually pulling up. And there are going to be times like me last night where your mind wants to wander off. And when you notice it wandering off, you need to recognize it and bring it right back to where it needs to be. 
Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 15, this is how Jesus lived. Everything that the Father has is mine. That means he's connected to a supply that never runs out. Do you think the Father ever runs out of anything? Does he run out of gold or, or money? Does he run out of health? Does he, does he run out of any? There's, there is no resource that the Father does not have limited supply of. Everything that you see was created by what you don't see by the spoken word of God. God being able to speak a word opens up an infinite resource to all of us. Now, once you know that, you, don't, you ain't looking for supply anymore. You're looking to draw on the, on the source. Jesus said, now here's the, here's the good part of the promise. John chapter 16, verse 15. All things the Father has are mine. Therefore, or the result of that is, I said that he will take of what I have, which is everything he has, and declare it to you. So he's saying, look, I'm going to bring you into this circle of unlimited source that the Father has, has shown me that I have. I'm trying to show you, therefore, you have it as well. You can walk in the same confidence that I walk in, that you don't have to scratch for supply, but you're attached to, to source. A source that never runs out. So in the natural world, you seek the supply. And what you find when you seek that, and I sought it for so many years, man. I was, I was trying to make sure that I, got, I was hooked, uh, that I was connected to enough supply to make it, right? You find out that it's finite, and you need more tomorrow. But I remember the day so well, and I, I, I've mentioned this a couple of times, that I was on the third floor, and I was going over to, and I was, I was worried about some stuff. I was trying to find supply, and I walked over to set the, the temperature on the thermostat in my office. It was a little bit cold. I wanted to turn it up, and the voice was just as clear as a bell that said, I'm going to tell you something, son. You'll never run out of money. And from that day to this day, I have had opportunities <laughs> To walk after, after supply, but it always comes back to me that he hooked me to source. And when I look at my life, I, I have never wanted for anything, and that's the truth. He has been faithful so many times. and brought me through what would have been dilemmas that people would have said, it's time to give up and throw it in. In the invisible kingdom, you seek the source, him. And you do that simply by remaining connected and all these infinite supplies will be added to you. Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 6. Let's just keep, let's keep going with this. I'm trying to get you to another level. I spent several weeks getting you cut from the cords, the bonds, the ties. Now I'm moving you over saying, okay, you're free. Now you've got to begin to operate in this invisible kingdom. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Jesus says this. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth destroy and thieves break in and steal it. Don't, don't get all, don't get all uh, thinking you're going to hoard up this supply and have enough. He said, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. How do you do that? You pull out of the inner kingdom. And what he says you do, that lays up treasure that lays up treasures in this invisible realm as you obey him. That's what he said. He said, you're going to have to learn to lay it up in the invisible. And you lay it up, you stack it up as you learn to draw out of 
this well that is within, you throw the, you, you send the bucket down through meditation and you pull back up what he says and then you respond to it. Let, 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 me, let me just finish this off. Verse 20. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where, where nothing can take it. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. So are you, are you looking for a treasure to come out of this visible? Or do you recognize that the kingdom is the treasure and it's invisible within you? Because wherever, wherever you decide that treasure is, whether it's the supply of the visible or the source of the invisible, that's where your heart will be directed toward. So don't think earth supply, think kingdom source. A materialistic life of chasing finite supply and not being connected to source makes you like the branch that's cut off. Makes you like the son living like he has no father. Makes you be expelled from the kingdom of full supply. No God government, no God protection, no God substance or sustenance, either one. And the result is we have lived that way for generations. And it hasn't, hasn't been well for us. The result is we've got infants and children, young men and women suffering. We've got old people that are decrepit and wore out. Because cradle to grave, there is a sense of separation from source. And we've lived chasing supply. We have felt cut off from the source. And the best religion could ever give us was, was a formula of trying to bridge this separation or a formula, a prosperity gospel of trying to get a little bit more of, uh, of supply somehow, twist God's arm to give us some supply. The truth is that it's not possible to pray to God and receive benefits from God who's out there someplace or trying to get a God out there someplace to come over and try to do something for you or try to twist his arm by going to church, reading the Bible or doing all those religious activities. He gave us the, the key. He said the kingdom is within. Put the bucket down into the kingdom and meditate and pull up what I have to say and then follow it and respond to it. You know, this idea of giving, of, of, of getting God to come down and meet my need or to pray and argue my case before God. He said, if you abide in me, he dispels that. He says, if you abide in me and what I speak to you takes root inside of you. And again, I'm not speaking about the Bible here. He said, if what, you, what I say to you takes root in you. He said, that, that contact of the omnipresent Father will draw for you out of an inexhaustible sustenance and substance that is within you. It resides within the kingdom. He said, I can't give you more benefit. I can't answer prayer more than I've already answered and given. It's now you learning how to function out of this invisible dimension. And we're learning to do this. It's dawning on us. We're having an encounter. We're gaining higher consciousness, a revelation. It's changing us and we're maturing in it. It's, it's a little bit here, a little bit there, but you've come a long way, baby. Jesus continually taught that what he did was available to us. Didn't he say the works that I do, you do? Greater works than these? How, how, did, how did Jesus feed the multitude? How did Jesus 
do what he did. Open. How did he do that? He learned to function out of an invisible kingdom. He heard what the Father said and he did it. You notice he didn't heal people the same way twice. The lesson is that is that he was sensitive to what the Father said to do and he did it. He pulled from that with, which was within him. He pulled from that kingdom that he, he walked in to demonstrate to us how to, sh how to do this. We've, we've been begging and pleading for him to come do it for us. He said, it's not going to work that way anymore. I'm raising you as a manifested son and daughter. And as the sovereign God of the universe, I'm going to pull back and I'm going to do through you what I had to do sovereignly before. So he's saying to us right now today, son, daughter, you are always with me. He's saying to you, all that I have belongs to you. Everything. Luke chapter 15, verse 31. He said it's within you. It's, it's in the kingdom. Jesus said it has been sovereignly placed there by the hand of the Father. Jesus said, I, did, I, I, I performed an act of my will and I delivered you from the power of darkness, from the power of soulish supply, from the power of the cords, the bonds, the chains that held you, that influenced you, that stopped you from seeing spiritually. I delivered you out of that kingdom and I myself put you into the kingdom of, of myself, the kingdom of God's dear son. That was a sovereign act. That is what God did for us on his, on his behalf. You don't, you don't try to attain this. It's a divine placement. It's a, it's a divine sovereign act that he has done for us. It's your divine placement. It's, it's, it simply needs to be embraced. It needs, to be, it needs to be set out of our own lips. Yes, you know what? That's, a, that's the reality. That's where I can live. And I come back to the place where I see that there's only one power and one kingdom. There's only one source. So when we learn to accept our authentic identity, which is divinity, and unlock that secret life, if we're to, if we're to pipe into our life from the storehouse of the infinite Father, the good, the abundant, the wholeness, the safety, the security, then we have to go within ourselves into this kingdom that is invisible. Right? That's totally, that's, I, know, I know what I'm saying is totally foreign to us. Even consider the idea that everything we seek is embodied within us, but it is. See, we, we, didn't, we didn't feel the word of Jesus when Jesus said everything the Father has is mine. We, we didn't feel it when Jesus said, all that I have now is yours. Do you know why? Do you know why we couldn't feel what Jesus said when he said, everything I have is now yours? It's because we thought we were just mere humans. It was okay for Jesus to say that. I mean, come on, he's the son of God. Of course, everything the father had was Jesus's. But me, I'm just a regular old guy. I'm just, a, I'm just a finite human being. We never, we never embraced our authentic identity because we didn't know what it was. Nobody ever told us or taught us. It was blasphemous to say you are, you are divinity. That you're a chip off the old block. You're, you're not all of God. 
any more than a cup of ocean water is the whole ocean. But within that cup of ocean water is all the properties of the entire ocean. Now, I don't know if that's scientifically correct, but you understand what I'm saying. You dip a cup of water out of the ocean, it's the ocean. You can't say the ocean is not in this cup. And you can't say that divinity does not reside within you. He blew the breath of life into you. He blew divine DNA into you. And he never rescinded and never took it back. There's no source of life but him. There's one source of life. There's one power. There's one mind. There's one kingdom. 2 Peter chapter 1, 4 says, There have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be a partaker of the divine nature. Even the denier Peter got the memo that he's a partaker of the divine nature. You know what the word partaker is? It's the word theosis. It means an, a, a, a share in equal part. That's what theosis is. So it is. As we learn to meditate, and I'm going to start unwinding this a little bit. This is my conclusion. As we start to meditate, as we start to contact this kingdom within that is full source, your, your spirit has been wired for source. Your soul has been programmed to scratch for supply. When we walk as manifested sons and daughters, and we embrace our authentic identity, which is divinity, then we begin to walk in the kingdom. And we, and we discover, we make this tremendous discovery that all these, all these fears, the, 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 the lack, the shortcomings, the insecurities, they were, they were all external forces from without. Now, not one fear comes up out of the kingdom. Not one feeling of insecurity comes up out of the kingdom. Those feelings come from without and they try to force their way into us. See, you, a fear you're going to run out comes from without. A fear that you're going to run without never comes from within because the, there is no fear in the kingdom. Your emotions pull from stuff without and tries to convince your mind to make you act in a certain way. That's how you've been programmed. Armies, bullets, weather, poison, whatever the fear is, it always comes from without Without exception, it is an external force. And he's trying to say, I want you out of that dimension. You can't live in peace living externally. So the very first lesson of embracing your divinity or acknowledging your divinity is learning to meditate and to go within to your source. All power, all authority comes from within. It comes from within. Now we, we got to know that we are not subject to two powers. There's not two powers vying for your life unless you let it. There is one power. And the fullness of that one power dwells in you. Paul said that it was in Jesus that the fullness of the Godhead dwells. And Peter got it in the next verse. He said, and we're complete in him. Jesus did not have anything that you don't have. Same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. With all its fullness, with all of its completeness comes source. 
And source is always superior to supply. Digital cathedral, our days of scratching for supply are over. We're cutting cords, bonds, and ties to that soulish dimension, and we're walking into a kingdom that we're now able to start pulling up from within. It, oh, it'll be slow pulling at first. Took Jesus 30 years before he was released to pull out of it entirely, in, fully for himself. But we're going to get there. We're, we're, we're there. We're learning how to perfect it, and we're maturing in it. Stay tuned. The best is yet to come. Hey, I'm done for today. God bless you. Good to be with you. Take heart. Listen closely. Trust God. Leave the results to Him. Wednesday night, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. We always got good things on Wednesday night. So we'll see you at Wednesday Night Live. And if not, we'll see you next Sunday morning at the Digital Cathedral. Have a Jesus-centered, Christocentric week. And draw from that well that is within and see how it begins to supply. God bless. We'll see you next time. We thank you for being with us today on the Digital Cathedral. We trust that today's teaching helped you in your journey to the abundant life Jesus has freely given to all. If you would like to help support us in spreading the gospel of grace, you can do so by going to donkeithley.com to make your donation. We thank you for your prayers and continued monthly support and look forward to seeing you again next week at the Digital Cathedral.